people, the uh, scriptures are sort of broken up this morning, but it's a very familiar story. It's the story of David and Goliath. So hopefully you can follow it along. It's taken from 1 Samuel. And I'm starting right now with verse 4. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of bronze. And he had greaves of bronze and hung his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up the battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight me with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against you and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I'm skipping over now to verse 19. And right before verse 19, um, David's father, Jesse, had given him an errand to do to take food to the camp for his brothers who were with the army. And he was to see how his brothers were. Now Saul and they and all the fighting men of Israel were in the valley of Enoch, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment the host was going forth to the battle shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left things in charge of the keeper of the battle and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. And as he talked with them, behold, the champion the Philistine Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard him. When the words which David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if by chance he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and killed him. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. 
and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one of them, saying that he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword over his armor and tried in vain to go because he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. I'm not used to them. And David put them on. Then he took his staff in hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook, put them in his shepherd's bag, in his bar, the sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and comely in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give you the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the field and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Thus ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Fran. I know that was a long text to ask of you, and that was a Herculean effort to get through it all. Today's text is perhaps one of the best known to children who attend Sunday school. Many of us have memories of flannel board figures, enormous Goliath towering over tiny but confident David. We colored pages of his slingshot and five smooth stones. We learned lessons about how the underdog wins with God on his side. Easy breezy. Yet there's more to David's story and more to God's story than we learned in Sunday school. To understand its importance, we need to know more about both David and Goliath. One chapter before this story takes place, the priest Samuel anoints David as the next king of Israel during a private family ceremony. While Saul is still on the throne, David is king-elect. When David's father, Jesse, sends him to the battlefield to check on his brothers, David goes obediently, knowing Saul's days are numbered. He arrives at the battle, recalling from the last time he met with Saul that the king had offered the hand of his daughter to Goliath's killer. Marrying into the king's family would bring unimaginable wealth and prestige to David's own family. There was just one problem. Goliath was no mere opponent. He was from Philistia, a culture comprised of mercenaries who wreaked havoc wherever they went. Among even those soldiers of fortune, 
Goliath was the fiercest of warriors. He was the largest at six foot nine inches tall and the strongest. He was raised on warfare. Goliath was trained in both hand-to-hand combat with the sword and distance battle with the spear. His battle armor was made of bronze and weighed about 125 pounds. His armor bearer ensured that no flying spear could injure him, at least as high as he could reach. Goliath's taunts were vicious, and none of the Israelites wanted to face him. His height, along with his incredible armor, made him a more than formidable opponent. Moreover, as a Philistine, Goliath was a descendant of the Nephilim, a race of giants or heavenly beings, depending on translation, who somehow survived the Great Flood. In Numbers 13, the descendants of the Nephilim are described as making humans look as tiny as grasshoppers. In any case, Goliath is huge and intimidating and hurling insults hour by hour at the Israelites over the period of 40 days as we enter the story. Over against this titan of a man, we have David, who was called a boy by both his king and his enemy. He had no experience in war and came from a culture that was largely agricultural in nature. He had no training in the use of spear or sword. All David had was confidence in his childish weapon, the slingshot, and the stones from the floor of the wadi. Well, not quite. As we heard in Fran's reading, David had experience protecting the family's flocks. He had bested lions and bears excuse me, with his wit and skill and had come to rely on God's protection and presence. He knew that God had rescued and delivered him from danger many times over the lonely desert nights. So why should today be any different? For 40 days, the Israelite army had endured Goliath's taunts. Susan Nittich explains that war was not just about troops fighting one another. She writes, taunting is a form of combat in various traditional cultures with the goal to preserve prestige and avoid physical combat. If an appointed leader of both armies fought, the winner was declared and oftentimes the war considered won with little more bloodshed. None of Israel's warriors wanted anything to do with him But upon hearing Goliath's taunts, David became angry, saying to Saul, Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul thinks David is overconfident at best, but as Saul himself is terrified of the battle in general and Goliath in particular, he wishes David the presence of God as he faces the giant. Essentially, he says, good luck, kid, shoves him out of the tent to stand before both Israel and Philistia. So Goliath comes to the battle with his height, his skill, his armor, the protection of his armor bearer. He comes with lifelong training in combat and a desire to overtake this fledgling nation to make its inhabitants Philistia slaves. David, on the other hand, comes with nothing to make him appear intimidating. David is too small for the king's armor, so he chooses instead to rely on three things. First, he comes into the battle trusting his skill with the slingshot. Second, He comes into the battle knowing the hand of God has saved him from certain death many times before during the long and lonely nights of shepherding. 
And third, he comes into the battle knowing that he has been anointed the next king of Israel. Of course, we all know what happens next. Goliath taunts David, and but those are nothing David hasn't heard before, for he has seven older brothers. Some of these brothers were jealous of David's anointing as the next king. Eliab, one of the brothers on the battlefield, even scolds him for neglecting his duties to the flocks and for daring to take on Goliath. No one believed in this shepherd boy, the musician who soothed the king's anxious nerves. No one saw him as a warrior who could even hold his own against the giant, much less best him. But in the unknown and unseen places, David had witnessed God's faithfulness. In the nights when a lion would snatch one of his precious sheep, David would pursue the bleating lamb and rescue it from the jaws of certain death. During the days when a bear would make off with one of his charges, David would grab it by the jaw and slay the beast. Much is formed in us when we have no one but God to turn to. Much is formed in us in the darkest nights when we are despairing and terrified. David had witnessed the miraculousness of God's provision, not only of his flocks, but in his own life and protecting them. And in turn, David had come to trust in God's salvation. While he walked into battle with Goliath without armor of bronze, he trusted in the armor of his experiences with the God of Israel. David had seen the faithfulness of the Holy One to even the littlest, least significant creatures. How much more would God protect this fledgling nation and its people? For this battle was won for the life and soul of Israel. David knows this, of course. After declaring his confidence in God's promise, the text says this. When the Philistine drew nearer to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Notice that David did not wait for Goliath's approach. He ran toward Goliath, reached into his shepherd's bag, took out one of the five smooth stones he had gathered from the floor of the wadi, loaded it into his slingshot, and let fly. Guided by God, we are to understand, the stone found the weakness in Goliath's armor, a spot on his forehead where the stone sank in and Goliath fell forward. The lectionary leaves out the part of the story, sorry kiddos, where David cuts off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword and takes it to King Saul in Jerusalem. Like I said, this isn't really a children's story. So in many ways, this is an underdog story, but it is not about David exactly. It is about the continued existence of Israel. More than anything, though, it is a story about the faithfulness of God and David's ability to experience that. David chose to armor himself with confidence that the God he had known during the long days and nights of shepherding was the same God who would be with him in the battle. David chose to armor himself in the promise of God that he would be king and lead his people despite the derision of his brothers, his age, and his family's relative lack of wealth and prestige. From the blazing sunrise through the darkest night, David trusted in the faithfulness of, of the God he had known. He chose to enter the battle knowing, come what may, God would continue in faithfulness. May we know the same, friends, today and always. Amen.